Shalom, brothers and sisters. It's so great to be here with you today. I just came back from a trip all the way from South Africa, my home country where I grew up. And I landed, me and my wife, we landed yesterday, last night. And that trip was a long one, about 35 hours by plane. Now, granted, we had some long layovers because well, COVID, and there's not a lot of planes flying. But even without that, it's a really long way. And it's simply because, well, from the United States, South Africa is on the other side of the world. It's really far. It's and and I remember when I landed there, and I got out of the plane, and I walked into that airport terminal, and I saw some people speak my language, you know, I, I speak Afrikaans, that's my home language. Immediately it was like I was got this this feeling of wow I've I've been here before and I and I know these people and, and it, it was really awesome because I haven't been there in two years now. And uh we were there spending time with some family and things like that. So but one thing that that really was struck me, you know, is that is how sometimes we think that our culture is our culture and very different from other places. And, you know, what happens this side of the world is different from what happens to the other side of the world. But while I was there, uh, there was a question that that was asked of me. And, and I think it's a very good question. It's, does it even really matter if there is a God? And this question is actually a question that you and everyone else, we're going to ask ourselves this question at some point in our lives. No, no matter where, whether you're from South Africa or from the United States or from Europe or from Asia or like wherever you're from, you're going to ask yourself the question. And and here's the deal, though. Usually... This is a question that we don't like to be confronted with as humanity. Because if it does matter that there is a God, if it's got some big impact on my life, for some people, it would be easier to pretend like he doesn't even exist. And I want to submit to you that this train of thought is really what happens often within communities of people that that do pretend like there is no God, whether it's by the way they live or whether it's by even intellectually going to say that they don't believe a God exists. You know, I understand and I respect people's beliefs. But there is a point where we have to really be honest with ourselves intellectually as people and ask ourselves, why do I believe what I believe? And do I believe what I believe because I feel motivated to because of how I want to live? Or do I believe what I believe simply because it's the truth? Because see, if if you really want to live a certain way and do certain things in life and there is a belief system that does not accommodate that, well, you're going to, as a man, a fallen man, like we're going to try and get away 
by our nature. We're just we're going to try and not believe that we're going to say, well, that's not real. That's not true, even if it is so that we can get away with living however we want to live. We are as people, we are inherently selfish, even and even dishonest, not just to others, but sometimes even to ourselves. And in this video, we're going to talk a bit about this question of does it really matter if there's a God? Because and we're going to really go for it here. And I want you to to challenge yourself intellectually with this question. So first, it starts with the question really of, well, is there a God? And then does it matter? Well, firstly, is there a God? Right. Uh, it's interesting. Like if you, if you look at what the Bible says, Romans one, verse 20, he's, uh, Paul writes for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So Paul is writing is saying that, well, who God is, his his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly perceived from the beginning in nature itself. And no one and no one has an excuse. No one can say there is no God because he is can be observed within his creation. That's what he is saying here. You see, for example, it is really difficult, in my opinion, right? My two cents, take it for what it's worth. I think it's really difficult to go and say that there is no God considering something as simple as or, or maybe not as simple as complex as the human body. You, you look at the human body, you look at this system, if you will, this the, look at just the brain. Look at just the eye, how you're you're perceiving me. You're looking at me through this thing called the eye. The eye is so complex. We as people cannot replicate it. We cannot make that the brain, your brain, my brain. It's such a complex thing that people we can't replicate it. We can do amazing things as people. We've technology has brought us so far, but we can't replicate the brain. We can't replicate uh, anything that is a life or what they would call biology, biology, um, you know, there's there's all these things, these patterns that shows us there, there was someone who designed us. If you're maybe you're a person, you love music. You know, I was speaking to a guy the other day. He loves music. And, and I, I told him, listen, if I you're listening to a, a, a song, maybe it's rap or hip hop, maybe it's a classical music, or maybe it's rock music, whatever kind of music you're listening to. If I told you, considering the pattern, considering the melodies, the 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 change of musical structure and everything that goes into a good song, you that I could just make a bunch of notes, it would one day just fall out of the sky. And it would just fall into onto this page and it would be this beautiful um, structure of melody and song. And it would just become that without anyone who made it or organized it, composed it, 
You would tell me that would never happen. You can give it a thousand, two thousand years. You can give it a million years. It's not going to happen by itself. Because why? Because you know that there's someone who sat down with a piano or whatever instrument and, and, and thought it out. Spend hours with their intelligent mind considering every aspect of this song and its composition. So we can all agree on that. But yet when we look at things far more complex, far more complicated, we would say, oh, no, I don't know that there's I can't think there's a designer. I can't think there's intelligence behind it. It was just by chance. You know, that's what the world would tell you. If I dealt you straight A's, you know, with cards 20 times in a row, but with a normal deck of cards, you would say, PD, you're cheating. You, 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 there's something wrong. You, your hand of cards has been messed with, right? But it's like that. You, the, the, the odds of you being created and this world existing around you the way it is, that the odds of you being here, the odds of you having a consciousness, all the odds of everything, the fact that we're sitting here right now, the odds of it actually happening by random chance, it's, it's like so much greater than even giving you 20 ace, a deck of you know aces 20 times in a row. A hand of 20 aces 20 times in a row. But yet, you know, we, we say, no, it can't be that there is a God. What about the fact that in our in our experience, life has always come from life? Have you ever in your experience on this earth seen, perceived that there was a life that came from nothing? That there was life that came from or just from non-life. In other words, something that is not alive produce something that is. That's never happened, never been perceived. Yet that's what we say happened. That there was just some accident that created life. I want to submit to you that there was always life that is God. And he produced life. There was always an intelligent designer, a creator that produced a creation. And what about just simply your consciousness? The fact that you're here, you're listening to me, you, you see me, you, you, you're listening, you and, and when you look at your hands, you perceive that you are a person, that you are you like I am me and you are you and someone else is someone else. And we are different people. And you looking at yourself, you perceive that you have a soul, you perceive that you have a spirit that there is some you are something, someone you have a consciousness. You're not just a empty machine. That should tell you something that if you have a consciousness that you are valuable, that you have a purpose that that you were you you dropped into this world one day you woke up and you were here was it just a, sh a chance and you look at yourself and this is just a chance and there's nothing special about this i mean you would say there's something very special about a masterpiece of composed music you would say that's very special that's wonderful but then we would say it's not special 
to be able to look at our hand like this and look at and perceive our body, perceive that we are someone that we could do things. Do you see how we, brothers and sisters, let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we try and get away from this idea of God because we're afraid of, I mean, it's a scary idea that, wow, what if there's a creator? What if there's someone who made me? What does that even mean? Does it matter? Sometimes we say, oh, you know, we, we think subconsciously, maybe not even consciously, just, you know, I, I don't want it to matter. Because if I if it had to matter that there's a God, that was going to have some great implications on my life, the way I perceive life and how I live life. So, you know, people I've heard people say, well, Petey, you know, I'm a good person. I don't need a God in order to be a good person. There are many atheists, people who don't believe that there is a God that exists who are good people. And uh, I would agree. There are people who are atheists that are good people, even better than some Christians I've met. Sure, I agree with that. But I would ask you, good according to who? Because someone can be good according to my opinion. They can be good according to your opinion. Or or even a, a very good judge's opinion. They can be a good guy. He always pays his taxes, never hurts anyone lives a good life, maybe gives a few dollars to the poor. Okay, he's a good man. He never did anything wrong. But according to his his standard, you see, we are naive to think that our opinion of what good is, is actually very high, very, very morally righteous. But if we just look at the simple world, how it is today, humanity, we just perceive how wretched we are, what we do to one another, even the best of us. I mean, we can just, I can ask you the question, have you lied? Have you stolen? Have you lusted in your heart after someone who who wasn't your wife or husband? Have you ever covenanted, coveted something that's not yours? Right, I can go on and you've probably said yes a few times already. And suddenly we realize you're a lying thief, adulterer at heart and a coveter of things that aren't yours. And I've only gone, I've only gone through a few of those things and we just discovered you're not a good person. And see, we, we think that we're a good person because we judge ourselves compared to other people around us. The standard is simply humanity. But see, if a God existed, if there was a God, if I pers- look at the world around me, I see, wow, this world is so incredible, wonderfully made, so like beyond my understanding, so above everything. And I have to start concluding that this God is, is his thoughts are high above my own and that he is likely much more righteous than I am, much more perfect and smart than I am. And because he's more righteous, it would be naive of me to think that, well, I can simply judge how good of a person I am based off my standard instead of his.
whether a God existed is going to mean that we would need to act very differently in our life. Now, let's just let's just think about one example here. Marriage is something that most people enter. And if I looked at marriage from the perception of an atheist, someone who does not believe that a God exists, we could have a couple come together and they marry. They really love each other. They spend many years together. Let's just say 20, 30 years. They have kids. And now suddenly after a long time, their love starts running dry. They don't love each other the way they did when they met in the beginning. They feel like the passion has gone away. They don't feel the love anymore. And after thinking about it for a while, they they discover, well, there's probably not much keeping us together anymore. We don't love each other. We can we can go on on our separate path. There's nothing really keeping us together anymore. We can even find maybe someone else who's going to reignite us, that spark of of love that we we had. And then they may decide, well, while nothing is keeping us, we might as well divorce. But see, if you believed in God and if God or let me even just say, regardless of whether you believed in him, if God exists, that simple thing that seems to be harmless, that simple decision to divorce that seems to, well, it won't hurt anyone. It's mutual. Suddenly, if God exists, that becomes a horribly unrighteous thing. Because if God exists and God indeed did give marriage to humanity as a gift for a man and a woman to come together and become one flesh and to be a covenant, not only between them, but between them and God. Now, suddenly it's not just something that can be broken. You see, the breaking of a covenant is not something that we could just do. That would be an unrighteous thing if we just decide to do it because we don't feel like loving someone anymore. And so we now see that the the decisions of someone who does who who acts like there is no God is contrasted with someone who believes there is because the person who believes there is a God would think, oh, no, I there's something wrong with my marriage, but I can't give up on her. I can't give up on him. Because I made a covenant, a promise, not just to them on my marriage day, but also to God. You see, brothers and sisters, as unfortunate as it is, and even if we don't want to admit it, as people, we betray easily other people. It's easy for us to say, yeah, yeah, I made that promise to my wife or my husband, but oh, well, we betray easily. But when God is in the picture, it becomes a little more difficult because now it's not just about that person who we could easily feel like we could throw away. But now it's about what does God think about this? What would God say about this? Because now it's not just I'm judging what's right on my own eyes, but I have to judge and think what's right in his. And I'm confronted with this reality that I don't want to upset him because I love him. Just like I don't want to upset my earthly father because I honor him. I love him. I respect him. And the same way, I don't want to upset, dishonor, disrespect my heavenly father. I want to honor him. I love him. I don't want to disappoint him. 
I don't want to break a promise, a covenant I made with him. Never mind a wife. And so now I go and I say with everything in my being, I'm going to I'm going to call out to him because he wants this to work and he's going to fix it. And he's going to I'm going to work with him and there's going to be healing. And I'm going to discover that that marriage is more than just a feeling. Marriage is now a covenant, a promise, something much deeper than just how I feel today and how that might change tomorrow. You see, brothers and sisters, just with this one thing, we realize that God's standards are higher. And now you see God's perspective of, of righteousness, the fact that he is perfectly righteous is taking things up a notch to a place where we as people really struggle to go if we are going to think that there is no God, because then if there is no God, there's no accountability. You see, will you do the right thing when you have nothing to gain? If there is no God, there is no one who is a higher power, who has higher standards than you, well, you will do righteousness, all right. Oh, you'll be a good person. But the moment that it's going to very negatively affect you, you'll compromise. You see, we want to be good, but when we're going to start losing out a lot on what we want in life, well, we can compromise a little bit on being good. We can be a little less good. But see, God calls us to be good even when we have nothing to gain and even if we may have something to lose in this world by it. But you see, the need to be righteous in God's eyes extends even when it means not to be fair to yourself. You see, let's just take a, a simple example. Let's just say you're sitting at a restaurant. You're being served a meal and you're paying for that meal. It's an expensive restaurant and you're but you're 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 happy to pay. It's really good food. It's really good place. You're all that. Right. And suddenly you start realizing the service is so bad. The waiter is late. The waiter takes long. The food takes long. The waiter is even being nasty to you. The waiter is disrespecting you by the way you're being treated as a paying customer. And by the end of the meal, when it comes to writing a tip on that bill, you think I'm not going to tip this person who has given me horrible food, served it late, been disrespectful. They don't deserve it. I don't need to be good to them. You see, that's how we think about being good as people. Thank goodness that we did not. That God <laughs> did not act like we do, because if God acted that way towards you, you'd be sitting in hell right now. You see, brothers and sisters, because when we sinned against him, when we put him on a cross, when we chose Barabbas instead and say, crucify Yeshua, we betrayed him as far as we could. He was innocent, but yet we betrayed him. We put on him on a cross. But still, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And even when it was unfair to Yeshua, because he he deserved justice, he deserved to have everyone die who, who put him on that cross. Yet he said, forgive them to his father. He extended mercy, grace to them. Even when it was unfair to him, we would say that's unfair. 
Yet he did it anyway, because that's what perfect righteousness looks like. And it's something that no other God, no other religion, if you will, in this world portrays that perfect righteousness without excuse to that dimension is only found within Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah and what he has done for us. So, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you the question that if there is a creator, what would it mean for your life today? If there is a God, and there very well may be, what does that mean for you? What does that mean when you die tomorrow? When What is that? What if it's true? What if he exists? Sometimes we... We can know he exists or we don't, whatever. We act like he doesn't. We live like he doesn't. But are you going to consider what it would mean for your life if you ended it today? If it ended today and you're standing there and you realize, oh, he did exist. Oh, he is real. Oh, he is as perfectly righteous as PD said. What are you going to do with that information? Did did you live life like, oh, well, you know, you only live once. I might as well just do what I want. Be good compared to other people as far as I can be. But whatever, if when I start losing out and I have nothing to gain, I'm not going to be as good. That's how we are. Are you going to go on with that life? Because without God, that's inevitably where you'll go. Or will you start thinking, well. God, are you there? And and if you are, what does that mean for me? You see, the amazing thing, brothers and sisters, if you're wondering about this, he's alive. He's not a God for of he's personal. He knows you and he wants relationship with you. And if you would just call out and speak to him, he would come down. He would speak to you because he's calling your name. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to be speaking more about this. I'm also I'm going to be speaking about, you know, if there's a God, why would it be that Yeshua is the Messiah and that that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Why Christianity instead of all the other religions? There's very good reason. And I want you to subscribe to this YouTube channel for discovering that video, which I'll be releasing here soon. But if you feel like you want to know, maybe more about this God. I'm going to pray for you and you can just pray with me for there's nothing to lose. Father, I just pray, Lord, right now for anyone who's listening and you would bless them with the knowledge of you and you would show them, Lord, your glory and you would show them your majesty, that you are wonderfully wonderful and that you made us wonderfully. Lord, I pray that you would encounter all who's listening to this. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that following you is a blessing. It changes our lives for the good. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would convict anyone right now who you're calling and show up in their life in a majestic way. Right. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah. Amen. I hope that this video has blessed you. Consider sharing it with a friend who may also have this question of whether there is a God and if it even really matters.